Yeah, it's a new season. Thank you, Becky, for uh, filling in. Amy's sick. And, of course, you know, football season is ending. The Buckeyes season ended on uh, this past weekend. I think the Browns football season ended in September. And, uh, and so now we're into flu season. <laughs> and I know there's a lot of people that are suffering from flus. And if your house been flu the last few weeks, raise your hand. I'm just curious. Yeah, a few of you. I want to do something else just to kind of get us woke up this morning. After the first service, I think I came to the realization that everybody is a little bit tired today, right? If you're tired, say amen. If you're too tired to say amen. All right. Well, stand with me. We're going to try something real quick. I'm just curious. We're going to do a last man standing. If you went to bed before 10 o'clock on New Year's Eve, you can be seated. <laughs> 11 p.m., 12 a.m., all right, 1 a.m., oh, who's going to win, 2 a.m. Now, we got some real partiers in this church now, I got a 3 a.m., Ernie and Darlene, I am surprised at you, 4 a.m., Oh, you guys win. 5 a.m.? She worked on Oh. <laughs> I am surprised, though. Ernie and Darlene, I guess I'm going to have to do some counseling with you folks. Oh, I tell you, New Year's Eve, the older I get, is less of an event for me. Uh, you know, we see the ball drop, and, and then we drop. <laughs> and I think that's, I guess that's the, the, the way of life. Who likes new things? Right? Like new things? I like new things. I like new technology. I like new cars. I love new car smell, but I don't have new car smell because I don't like new car payment. And so, you know, we like new things. We, we, we like new technology, new TVs, new gadgets, all these things. Most of us have some sort of affinity or we, we desire or like those things. Uh, new things are good. <laughs> I can remember as a kid. Remember, remember the chalkboards? They still have chalkboards in, in classes, right? I'm asking teachers, not people just to guess. We have any teachers in this service? I think they still have chalkboards, right? Do you remember? No, they don't. Kids then pay no attention. Chalkboards are something from like the 20th century. Um, I can remember they would let you clean the chalkboards, and I liked doing that. Anybody else like to do that? You'd clean it, be all fresh. Not just to erase it, but to, to clean it off so it was that fresh green or black chalkboard. I like new, fresh things. And I think that's the appeal of a new year. The, the appeal of a new year is it's, it's, it's new, it's fresh, it's, it's, it's a new start. Anybody have any resolutions? Any re- resolutions this year? A handful? Whose resolution is not to raise their hand in church? Raise your hand. Yeah, no, okay. I, I always do resolutions. I like resolutions. My, my resolution this year is I'm going to have Starbucks coffee every day in January. And I'm off to a blazing start. I've had it three days already. And simply because my, my family bought me a, a magic Starbucks cup of that they refill it for free. It's like awesome. I just go in and they have to refill it. And so I've got this Starbucks coffee. I've had caffeine already this morning. Can you tell? 
But I always have New Year's resolutions. I, I, I like to, to do resolutions. And some of them I keep and some of them I don't. Some of them last about two hours and some of them will last the whole year. And so I, I think resolutions are good. And, and New Year's is a good time because it's fresh and it's a fresh start. And we can start new things. The, the problem with New Year's is they become an old year pretty quick, right? <laughs> you ever see the image of the New Year as the, the baby? The New Year's baby? It's like the middle of January, and that New Year baby looks like a grizzled old man, right? <laughs> you know, 2016 won't be fresh too long until we're in the circumstances of life, and, and all the circumstances of life will kill the newness of the new year. 2015 is exited, 2016 starting. And so it's important to look at the newness and, and focus on that. God specializes, and hear me this morning, God specializes in making things new. Aren't you glad that we serve a God that can give us new life, new names, new starts, fresh minds? God specializes in making things new. Revelation 21.5, this is, you know, when we think of the book of Revelation, we typically think of end times and we think of some time in the future, but, but I don't believe it's limited to that. I, I believe this image of God that you find in Revelation 21.5 is the image of God, and, and actually the image of Revelation is, is God throughout history. But in Revelation 21.5, God says, Behold, I am making all things new. <laughs> this morning, maybe you've come into this, this year and there's some things that you need to change and some circumstances that you want to see changed. I, I want you to know that you serve a God who can make all things new. No matter what you're going through, no matter what 2015 held for you, whatever you're expecting in 2016, we serve a God who is able to make things new. This creator God that can speak into existence and, and he can create a new thing in your life. Now the problem is, or the reality is that God doesn't always change our circumstances. That, that so, sometimes that the circumstances we had in 2015 will, well, 2015 will be the circumstances of our life in 2016. And, and so finances and, and health and relationship so will carry many of those circumstances over. And oftentimes, God doesn't change the circumstances but he changes us. We cannot completely control our circumstances, but we can control our attitude in the midst of our circumstances. And so this morning, I, I know you're, there, there's things in, in my life, there's things in your life that we're dealing with, and, and most likely the circumstance won't magically disappear and, and life won't completely change. But, but we do have control over our attitude, our mental perspective, our, the way we view life in the midst of the circumstance. Uh, last, well, two years ago when we came to be your senior pastor, in, in December, I believe it was, my father-in-law fell down a hill and, and broke his arm. And, uh, and so he was in the hospital for, I don't know, a week and a half, two weeks. This is a pretty severe injury. You know, he's in his 70s. And this is a bad injury. He's lucky to be alive, to be honest. And, and so he's in the hospital. And in the midst of his hospital visit, every time a doctor, a nurse, a test would come in, Jim would say something like, oh, they're just trying to make more money off me. 
Anybody ever feel like that in the doctor? Yeah? Can I tell you, though, that attitude did not assist him in the healing process. Our attitude can have an effect on our circumstances and how we address, how we approach, and even how we get through those circumstances. You ever hear the phrase, attitude uh, determines altitude? (laughs) And I think there's a lot of truth to that, that that the attitude, our mental perspective, your your circumstances may not change, you may not be able to change them, but, but perhaps this year your New Year's resolution may be more about changing the attitude and the perspective as opposed to the circumstances. So what would happen if your New Year's resolutions were focused more on your mental perspective and less on your circumstances? In other words, what, 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 if, what if instead of focusing on maybe a, a financial issue or a physical issue, that instead you begin to focus on the mental aspect of that and your attitude and your perspective with regard to those circumstances first? You know, it's very difficult, let's be honest, to, to, to change an attitude. Has anybody ever experienced this? You know, I'm trying to think of a, a, an example that, that most people... You ever had a job you just hated? <laughs> anybody ever had a job that... Josh, stop shaking your head. You work here. <laughs> and it makes me feel bad. You ever have a boss you hated? <laughs> yeah, everybody's raising your hand, you ever, you ever that circumstance, that job that you didn't like, and, and maybe you, it's been a bad week, and Friday comes, and you say, I can't live like this anymore. And so you, you, all weekend, you work yourself up so that when you come to work on Monday, you're going to have a better attitude, right? Okay, I am going to be, I'm going to have a better attitude at work. You know, you do that, you grit your teeth, and you go into work, and a half hour later, your boss is just giving you trouble, and already your attitude has it's kind of like that with attitude. Sometimes we try to shift our attitude, change our attitude, but it's not always easy. God specializes in making things new. I want you to know that God cares about your attitude, your mental perspective, and God is able to renew the way you think. God is able to renew your attitude. God is able to renew your mental perspective. Scripture says this often. God can give us this new attitude in our old circumstances. And you see this throughout scriptures. Paul writes about it often. In Romans 12, 2, he says, we can be renewed by the transforming of our mind. And that, that's, a, that's a life verse for me. That's a powerful scripture because this word for transforming that Paul uses here is the same word that they use in reference to the transfiguration of Christ. It's this powerful God-initiated move in the life of someone that somehow God can renew your mind to the extent that it's transformed. In Philippians, Paul says we are to have the attitude of Jesus Christ. In other words, Paul's saying, you know, you you can even begin to think like Jesus. You, You can begin to see 
your neighbors and your circumstances, you can begin to see them in the same way that Jesus saw light. That's, is that powerful to anybody but me? <laughs> You know, what if that was your New Year's resolution? What if your New Year's resolution was, Lord, help me to see life like you see life? That when I'm in conflict, help me to see that person I'm in conflict with the way you see them. When when circumstances are bad, help me to see these circumstances in a way that you see them. When, When I'm blessed, help me to see that time of blessing the way that you see things. See, see God can renew our mind, and, and God's desire is for our mind to be renewed. Ephesians 4.23, we, we can be renewed in the spirit of our mind. Colossians 3.2, we are to set our minds on the things above, not on the things that are on the earth. In other words, all these scriptures are dealing with Not a change in circumstances, but a change in attitude with regard to the circumstances that we find ourselves in. Most likely, that the life that you had in 2015 will be very similar in 2016. The question is, what will your perspective, your attitude be with regard to the events of 2016? So, so how, do we, how do we change our, our mental perspective? You know, I, let's do an experiment. Okay, I want you to think of something that's really negative to you. Uh, th- that's a bad thing to do in a sermon, isn't it? Think of something really negative. Now I want you to think positive of it. Can't do it, can you? All right? It, you know, it's not as easy as just flipping a switch. I picked on Dylan in the first service. I don't know, did he go home because he's not playing later? He leave me so I can talk. Dylan was the child that I always would try to manipulate how he felt about things, and, and sometimes that didn't work so well. Anybody have a mom or a dad that when you were in a fight with your brother or sister would make you hug them? Oh, my goodness, just stab me in the heart. You know, the, the, you can't really just flip a switch with attitude. It's not that easy. And if we were honest, we would say, you know, after the service, first service I had, people come to me and say, yeah, you know, my attitude, I wish I, I know it's bad and I wish I could alter it. It's not always easy. And, and, and the truth is, sometimes we even feel, we even realize, I even realize it when I'm too negative. Anybody else like that? You ever said, man, I am so negative right now and you can't figure out a way to get from negativity to being positive in your thinking. See, I think a key to changing our attitude is our physical actions. Our physical actions affect our attitudes. And all the scriptures in Romans and Philippians, in Ephesians and Colossians, you can look up this later, but all of these scriptures, when they talk about renewing your mind and having a different attitude and transforming your mind, every one of these scriptures then begins to give these physical actions that accompany the transformed mind. 
Now, now, I think there's a before and there's an after aspect of that. I, I think there's an aspect of that that when your minds are renewed, then, then you know how to be patient and how to forgive and, 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 and how, to do, how to do all these things. And, but, but I think there's also a before aspect that sometimes by faith we begin to physically act in a certain way and it affects our attitude. New actions can create new attitudes. Say that with me. New actions can create new attitudes. If you're really struggling with negativity, if you're really struggling with a bad attitude, if you're really struggling in a relationship and an attitude towards a relationship, if you're really struggling with your your attitude, your mental perspective of your finances, I, I would encourage you to begin to do some of these physical things And when I say physical things, I'm saying these are things that you can intentionally choose to do and see if they do not begin to alter your attitude. This morning, I want to focus on four areas. And, you know, we we could probably have done four different areas, but this morning we're going to talk about four different areas. We're going to talk about your physical body, your mind, your relationships, and your resources. First, your physical body. God cares about your physical body. Jesus never saw people as disembodied spirits, but he saw them as holistic beings that had a physical body, they had a mind, they had emotions, they had spirit, and God sees you in that way, and God cares about your physical body. And your physical body has a tremendous influence on your attitude and perspective. Okay, I'm going to pick on my psychologist cousin, Patty. Patty, you're a psychologist. You're learned. Is that true or not? Thank you, man. She would have said, no, I had to sit down. Your physical body. So, so think about three practices. Are you resting? You know, there is, the Bible talks about resting, right? As a matter of fact, one of the Ten Commandments is directly related to resting. And if we were honest, most of us run at a pace where resting is not on the agenda. God says, I want you to take one day a week, and I want you just to stop and rest. Some of your relationships with your spouse and with your kids is being harmed because you're too busy even rest. What about eating better? Eww. The Bible doesn't talk about what we take in, does it? <laughs> you know, the, the interesting thing, and, and, and see, as Nazarenes, we're, we're real good about talking about the alcohol and, you know, the cigarettes and those kind of harmful things. I wonder what the Bible would say now if they would write some of these passages with some of the toxins we eat in our food. And I know you're looking at me and you're saying, well, pastor, you're the worst offender. Sometimes pastors preach to themselves. If there's any illusion, I will cast aside any illusion you might have. Half the time when I preach, God speaks to me before he speaks to you. Probably more than half the time. You know, I don't, I I by no means begin to think that I have everything down. I am a work in process. 
And what I believe is, is what we are eating, oftentimes, is harming our attitudes and our emotions. Now we have a nurse. Is that true? Thank you, Becky. Man, that is two times. You, this message would have been over like instantly. I'd have had to sit down. What you eat? The Bible talks about, you know, and I think about the time it's written and the time uh, these, these passages are written. Everything's organic. Everything's grown. Everything's homemade. Everything, you know, they're not going to, to McDonald's. And, and I, if you love McDonald's, say amen. I love McDonald's. You know, McRib. It's so good, it has to be good for you, right? Not. In these passages, there, you know, it talks about alcohol and not being drunk. And, you know, and, and I wonder, what would the Bible say now with the things that are added to what we eat? What am I saying? Am I somehow suggesting, oh, you know, we all have to look a certain way? No, I'm just suggesting that we need to make sure we're resting and we're eating right so that we can feel good in the moments that we have. This isn't about a certain body type or a certain body weight or anything like it. You know, we're not going to do BMI testing, whatever that means. But I do believe God cares about your physical body because your physical body affects your perspective. It affects your ability to do the things that God wants you to do. Now, I posted a picture on Facebook. Now, she's shaking her head, but I posted a picture on Facebook, and Becky Eichhorn liked it, and then instantly I got a text from her saying, hey, pastor, we probably will be doing a a biggest loser contest again if you would like to participate. (laughs) No, I don't think you said it like that. We do do things like that. We, we do Biggest Losers. You want to participate? You know, it's good to do these things with other people. I'm doing another run. Um, I'm doing a half marathon, the New Moon Half Marathon in Delaware, which is in May 21st. It's at 6 p.m. If you don't like to get up like at 6 a.m. and run, it's 6 p.m. Ernie and Darlene, that's about when you're getting out of bed, right? <laughs> so, you know, you'll participate, walk, do, do something, move. Because it affects your mental perspective. What about our mind? I, if I have to pay attention to what I eat, I have to pay attention to the mental intake, the things that I'm bringing into my mind. What material are you placing in your mind? What, what, what media? What, what websites? What television shows? What music? You know, I, I don't preach on things like this, but, but I, I don't. But, but, but don't we have to pay attention to these things because they have an influence on our mental capacity, our attitudes, our thoughts? Your thought life is being influenced by what you watch on your television set. Your children's thought life is being formed and affected by what you watch on TV. The websites you visit. Man, if, if I were to do, if everybody's website past week was up here physically for everybody to see, would you be embarrassed? Not only the media, but what people? Anybody know any Debbie Downers? <laughs> Don't look at your neighbor if it's them. 
But you need to pay attention to your friends, who you're associating with, what, what they're doing to your attitude. What, what, you know, is it somebody that, you know, we're to love all people, right? But I got to tell you, if, if I had somebody that was negative, that was gossiping, that was tearing everyone down, I think I would find another person to spend more time with. Because the people we associate with will have an impact on the way we perceive life. What about your relationships? How are you doing? See, there's practices in regard to relationships that I believe, even in the midst of a difficult relationship, I believe these these practices can help us begin to perceive the individuals in that the other end of that relationship in a different way. You know, the Bible talks about, and in the p- passages that I referred to, I, I believe particularly the Ephesians, it talks about things like kindness. You know, kindness can be intentional. I, I, I think sometimes we look at these passages in the scriptures and, and we begin to think, well, somehow God's got to make me be kind. I think sometimes we can be kind, most times, I think we can be kind and God can help us with the feeling part of it. You, know, you got a relationship you're, you're challenged by or you're struggling with. Can, can I just suggest something? Be kind to them. Boy, that's, that's a big theological word, isn't it? Kindness. Maybe treat them like you would want to be treated. Maybe, maybe you can go so far as to begin to think, you know, God loves them as much as he loves me. You ever kill somebody with kindness? <laughs> I think you can kill a bad attitude towards somebody with kindness. Forgiveness. Patience. Oh, if there was one word that wasn't in the Bible. Patience. Who likes to be patient? Yeah. That's hard, isn't it? Patience is something that can be practiced before it's entirely felt. Honesty. And I wrote honesty in love. (laughs) I think it's important that we, you know, somebody that's honest without the love, they can hurt quite a bit, right? So honesty in love. These are practices that can help us mentally in the midst of relationships that may be difficult. And what about our resources, our time, our energy, our money? There, There are particular practices that relate to our resources. Generosity, giving away is a practice that helps shape our attitude with regard to our resources. Tithing. So there's no misunderstanding. I believe in tithing. I believe in the practice of tithing, not for the church, but for you. And if somehow you think that this is a pastor manipulating, give it to another church. Because the practice is important. It is a regular giving of your money and it's an acknowledgement that God is in control of all that you own. It's a way that you can, you can demonstrate that you are not bound by your finances and you're trusting God. Because honestly, tithing makes no financial sense other than it is a faith statement that my finances belong to God. 
See, our attitude with regard, with regard to our finances of, of many of us is that our finances own us instead of us owning our finances. And we're so driven by things. And tithing is a routine habit that, that the people of God have been doing from the beginning. It's not a Church of the Nazarene thing. It's not even a, a modern church thing. It's an old thing. It's something they've been doing from the beginning to release themselves from the bondage of things. Thanksgiving. <laughs> Thanksgiving is not an attitude. Thanksgiving is an action that shapes my attitude. And when you're thankful, you can begin to focus on the blessings of life, what God has done in your life. You know, you have more to be thankful for this morning than to be wanting. (laughs) If you had hot water, if you had clean water this morning, you have more than most people in the world. And yet, our society is driven towards what we do not have, right? (laughs) You know, we talked about media earlier. All media, all, the, all these commercials is to convince you that there's something you don't have that you really need. That if you could just get Diet Coke, you're going to be like a supermodel. <laughs> and on all, all, we're bombarded with this ideal that we're lacking something. Folks, you're not lacking anything. That's a false ideal. God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. That's a pretty good promise, isn't it? You are complete in him. God will finish what he started in your life. Now, is it wrong to say, okay, I want to buy a new car and I'm going to plan for it? No. But folks, we can become so consumed by those things that it can shape our attitude into an attitude in which we're constantly feeling like we're in need. So we're going to do a couple things before we close. In your bulletin, if you've got the bulletin, there's a couple questions. What attitudes need to be renewed in 2016? And then what are some practices that can help me help renew my attitude? And we're going to take like 60 seconds and, and I want you to think about those. You know, write them down if you want to write them down or think about them, write them in your Bible, just mentally make a note. What are, the, what are the attitudes and what are the actions? We're going to take about a minute to consider this, and then Meryl's going to play a video for us, then we're going to sing a song, and we're going to open altars, make it available. Maybe, maybe you just want to come and, and meet with God on this New Year's Day, New Year's uh, Sunday. And uh, let's do this for a minute, and then the video will play. A couple of weeks ago, I was at a, a mama meeting, a ministerial, Marysville Ministerial Associated meeting. Somebody referred to... Uh, Rick Warren talking about life, and he said we, he's typically had thought about life as being a series of up, ups and downs. And he said, you know, life's really not like that. Life, life's more like train tracks. In the midst of life, there's good and there's bad, and they just go right alongside. And 2016 is going to be like that for you. There's going to be ups and downs, and, and oftentimes it's going to be in the same time period. As, at the same time, something bad's going on, something good's going on. And the, and the question is, how will we keep an attitude, an attitude of thankfulness, an attitude uh, that keeps our eyes on Jesus, a positive attitude, an attitude that sees things through the lens of how God sees things, a a new mind. How how do we maintain that attitude? And and we talked about practices, and those are important. But more than anything else, it's going to be through the power and through uh, the blood of Jesus Christ. Stand with me, if you will.
we were at the um, hospital when Krista was going through it, and I think June Ackley said, how do people do this without Jesus? <laughs> and, and folks, the truth of it is you can't do it without Jesus. That, that all these things that I've talked about, they're good, but they have power when they do them in the name and through Jesus Christ. And so we have what we call an altar in the front of the church, and, and this is one of those practices. <laughs> and we're talking about physical practices. I want to do a series pretty soon on, on the physical practices of worship. Something happens when we raise our hands, when we say amen, when we stand up, in our physical body that it helps our spirit to worship. And it's the same in seeking God. When you take a step out, we've called it in the past a step of faith. There's something that happens in our mind and our heart when we're willing to take that physical step that gives concrete to that spiritual step. I mean, sure, you can meet with God right where you are. There's nothing special in and of these altars in themselves, themselves, but what's special is the step that you take when you come towards them. There's something that happens when you take somebody's hand and you say, hey, will you come and pray with me? There's that faith statement that, that, you, that other people are on this journey with you. There's something that happens when you kneel or you sit before an altar. It's, it's this humility, this being humble before God. It's saying to him, God, you know, I am depending on you. So we're close with turn your eyes upon Jesus. It's 2016. It's a new year. And maybe, maybe you just want to spend a few moments praying and focusing on him. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful man so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. I want to sing this through, and I invite you to come, and we're going to close in prayer. I think it's important we're praying that we're not be by ourselves. I, I'm encouraged. I'd like some to come and just lay hands on those who are praying. Don't ask them unless they, they share, but can we come forward and and place hands on everybody's back up here to make sure that somebody's praying with everybody. All heads bowed, all eyes closed. Who would say, um, Pastor, I hear what you're saying. I didn't come forward, but pray for me this coming year with my attitude. Would you just lift your hand real quickly? I see those hands. And put them down. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we, um, we pause and we give you thanks. You have blessed us with every spiritual gift. We were once lost, but now we're found. We were once blind, but now we see. We were once dead, but now we live. And Lord, we're thankful for the salvation that we experienced through the blood of Jesus Christ shed on a tree. We're thankful for the life we live guaranteed by an empty tomb and a risen Savior. But Lord, even even us will acknowledge that sometimes our attitudes do not reflect a kingdom perspective. We can get so caught up in negativity 
we can be drawn down by what we see on the news, what, what the media tells us, to such an extent, Lord, that um, instead of being shining lights, we're dark clouds. And Lord, I pray that you'll help us. Lord, I pray that you'll help me in those areas of my life that um, I need to allow you to move more freely. Lord, I'm thankful that you're not finished working on any of us. That, that from the one who served God the longest to the one who served God uh, the least amount of time, uh, there's still a, a, a significant move you can make in our character. You can still grow us. So Lord, help us not to be content with where we're at, but as your spirit gives guidance, as your spirit gives um, conviction, may we listen to you and respond to you. Thank you for my church. These are good people. I'm so thankful, Lord, that uh, you've given Terry and I the opportunity to, to pastor here, and we love them. And Lord, we're looking forward to what you're going to do in 2016. And Lord, we'll forever give you praise because you're worthy of praise. Help us now as we leave this place to realize that this, is, this has just been a part, that, that we don't stop being the church, that we don't leave your presence that your desire is to indwell us in such a way that as we go out from these walls, as we go out into the streets, we'll have the opportunity to bring glory to your name. Give us fresh eyes, fresh perspective. Help us to sense your move and respond to your move. We love you and give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen.